For all those ASMR listeners out there. You guys are an ASMR. You guys like that stuff. I never really got it. Not like the food chewing stuff. That's just kind of weird. And I just contributed to the problem. Not food chewing so much, but kind of like drink slurping. 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 It sounds like something kid from Black Midi would say. <laughs> but for Dancing Bones, cool guys. Real cool guys. Just real cool guys. I mean, I don't, I, they're just cool guys. They've got a cool sound. They've got a cool energy. They were just cool to talk to. Talked about all sorts of stuff. If I actually submit this for distribution... Distribution. That's right. Ran into a bit of a distribution snag with the podcast last week. Um, did I mention this was my first podcast? He's my first show. So it's going to be a little bit of a learning curve. There's a little bit of learning happening here. I think I said it on the last one. There's some... There's, there's a lot of there's a lot of pies in the oven right now. I got a lot of cookies on that cooking sheet. You know, is it a baking sheet or a cooking sheet? You can cook on them. Anyway, the dancing bones, real cool guys, <clears throat> very talented guys. They've got a vision. They're manifesting it. It's coming out. They've got a couple stuff. Couple stuff. They got a couple stuff out. <laughs> they got a couple albums out. Uh, they got Not A Punk, their first like official album release, released um, a few years back now at this point, 2016-2017. Uh, they came out with that, and um, they've been around ever since, kicking tunes. And um, they're working on new stuff. They've already released a couple new singles. They've already couple, got a couple good singles out. Some some new sessions, some new vibes. Going a little bit more shoegazy with it. Going a little bit more fugazi with it. Fugazi. If you like them too, you'd like these guys. Fugazi, cool guys. <laughs> DC Punk, am I right? Where would we be? Where would the world be without certain genres of music? We talk about all sorts of crazy stuff. We're about to get into it. Talk about Gambino. We get a little dicey with Pitchfork. I get a, I'm going to actually take full credit for that. I get a little dicey with Pitchfork. I don't want the dancing bones to be negatively affected by anything that I say. All right? If I just got myself blacklisted, that's my fault. Uh, I didn't edit it out either. Kept it in there. You'll know. You'll see. You'll see. Really sweating that. (laughs) It'll be fine. It was. It it wasn't a personal thing. 
just a, just a little disagreement, little little heat of the moment thing. At just one point five, one point two, whatever the whatever it got, really. It wasn't great, but was it really a one? Obviously, it wasn't. It was like a one point five. But you get the point. You get the point. You get the point. It's not a one point five. Camp was at least a four. At least. You, know, you ask me in high school, it was probably seven. All right, I've I've come around. I recognize it. It's got some filler on it, but it's got some bangers. It's got some classics. It's got some goldies. It's got a great music video attached to it. You all know which one I'm talking about. You remember the first time you watched the bonfire of music video, right? I do. If you like Childish Gambino, you'll like the dancing bar. <laughs> anyway, we're going to get into it. I'm talking enough bullshit. Got the dancing bones. I ask them a lot of cool questions. They give a lot of cool answers. They're cool guys. Did I mention that? Did I mention that? They're cool guys. They're cool guys. And they're here to talk to you. So, listen up. And let me know what you think. If you guys got a chance to listen to or watch the, the, the video version, what do you think of the .org interview? You know? Keep that in mind when, you, when you're listening to this one. Let me know. Let me know if I'm doing good so far. It's my second, second interview. All right? Audio quality is definitely a little better in this one. I told you last week it'd be a little better. Had a little bit of an issue. But, uh... Check them out. They're the Dancing Bones. They're everywhere. Apple Music, Bandcamp, Spotify. They got stuff on YouTube. Got a couple music videos. Got some cool stuff. Cool guys. Love them. Matt and Dave. The Dancing Bones. Enjoy. I'm Andrew Kohinka, and I'm here with the Dancing Bones, Matt and Dave. Hi, I'm Matt. Hello, David. Yep, and they are the Dancing Bones. It's been a while since I've seen you last. We played a show back in, what, like 2018, like six years ago or something like that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so you guys started, what, around like 2015, right? Yeah, um, I started the band with a couple of friends from UCF. Um, Nick and Gunner, and uh, we played together for about a year, maybe a little less, before um, like everyone graduated and you know things changed. So and then Dave joined like first part of twenty sixteen, yeah, early twenty sixteen, um, and it's been me and him ever since. Oh, that's great to hear. So yeah, I, I was gonna bring up there. Were, I've seen a few lineup changes, um, and you said they were from like graduating and whatnot like uh just moving on with their lives you were going to ucf correct yeah yeah i i finished school in 2015 um and uh my bandmates both finished like within a year after that so nick moved out of town 
and um, Gunner, his job just kind of started to get in the way. So, um, and I guess that's how it goes. Things a lot of changes. Yeah, you know, you're when you start a band, especially at that age, it tends to happen is what tends to happen is they break up. Uh, but if you really push it, you can keep a band going for a long time, which I think Matt did. Uh, I got to listen to a full recorded album before I joined. So I got the easy job of learning some parts, kind of enjoying the music, and which I did. Uh, and by the time I was done with the album, I was like, I want to join this band. I was looking for a member. And uh, my roommate and friend uh, who we who introduced us plays drums. So we got to play a gig together. Uh, it was a good time. And those times have been kind of rolling on ever since. Dope. That's great to hear. Um, so you went through a couple drummers, correct? Um, List them. Number one. Top number one. I th- I th- you. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's been four. And then... I've been teaching myself drums, so I guess that's <laughs> this many. <laughs> so yeah, you got quite a list going on there. Um, what brought you two guys together, though? Um, were you guys going to the same school, or? Um, so it's it's actually pretty funny because we jammed. Dave's roommate Glenn is like my oldest friend, literally, because because our parents introduced each other. And so he's eighty. Um, so I've known Glenn my whole life. He's actually the one who played on our first album. He played the drums. He did. He recorded the drums on the album. Yeah. And, um, but anyway, like I've jammed on and off with Glenn for years and years. And so like when I was like 19, long before Dancing Bones was a thing, uh, we like me and Dave jammed once with Glenn, like all three of us. And I sent him a message on Facebook afterwards, like, hey, man, you want to start a band? Like, it would be pretty cool. And Dave never responded, so. <laughs> the old ghost. So after all these years, like, what changed? Why did you change that goat? Uh, it was the right place, right time. Um, I was looking to explore some uh, the creativity uh, some expression and the, the way I knew how to do that up until then was by playing bass in a rock and roll band and I listened to the album and it rocked pretty hard for me and I wanted to be a part of that and not only a part of it but like change its direction a little bit and uh, luckily we melded pretty well again when you get a band going it's a it's a chemistry experiment with people and if it doesn't work out, which often it doesn't, like it sucks. But luckily, we have flowing chemistry to make music, change a little bit, make more music. Great. So that's good to hear. The um, the songwriting process is a bit more group oriented then. Uh, ever since uh, Not a Punk was released in what 2016, you guys released Not a Punk. Yeah, yeah, twenty fifteen. So was that mainly you like songwriting or was that more of a group process as well? Or um, It was definitely more like, I mean, most of the time I would start with an idea. Um, I, I don't think I really had to like tell anyone what to play. It was a pretty long time ago. Um, and one of the songs on that album was actually like written by uh, Nick, like your previous bassist. Um, that was I built a spaceship, which I think is, is one of the best ones on that. Um, and, and yeah, that was like totally his idea, which was really cool. 
Um, but for the most part, yeah, like I, the ideas would start like with me at home and I'd bring them in and uh, I was kind of most in charge of the direction. Um, and since like me and Dave and like Leo have been playing together, it's definitely been more of like a collaboration, like more happens in rehearsal. Um, uh, no real like I mean we all kind of critique each other's parts but um, it's not like I've ever had to write a bass part no I don't know. yeah that, that never happens luckily got, <laughs> got knock on wood um, <laughs> I would say someone will currently someone will come up with a seed of an idea just on riff or just like what if we tried this and uh, instead of it never has been like, oh, I don't like that. It's like, all right, we'll make it work. And usually after some debate about whether something is appropriate or not, or like fits the motif of what we're doing, uh, we'll come up with a line that we're like, all right, go home and practice this. And then we'll come back and be like, all right, I got something new for this. And then a song is born. And that's been the, probably not the easiest way to do it, but it's been the most organic. Like I, it's very, I can't even think of a time where like, all right, let's sit down write a song yeah, a b a b c a b like it's very it, it, i can't think of a time we did that maybe besides trying to break down why something sounded cool yeah that makes sense uh it's the same way like for me personally and like um you know jamming with other bands and whatnot um it tends to to kind of happen like that there's like a seed like you said and it's very organic you bring it in and then you just kind of riff on it and then you're like okay yeah i like what you're doing there uh let's do this and that and whatever um so a lot of the songs too it's like there's a period of like you hate it before you actually like it at all oh yeah that's <laughs> i'm still waiting for me to like them <laughs> yeah no. i feel the same way it's it's hard listening to things that you've like done or created um and just like not pick apart everything right yeah l luckily you do it long enough or you have friends in the field who can kind of guide you to be like just produce the thing put it out in the universe produce the next thing you know and once it's out there it's a complete thing you can tweak it later if you want to but it's done it's out there time to move on and i try to when i have an idea i really try to like all right let's get this idea out so i can get on to the next one and i can yeah. the next one's even be better because that's just how that works i feel like it's it's kind of funny how like short the half-life of your satisfaction is when you're like are creating something because it's like you put all this energy into it and then it gets out there and you think you're gonna be satisfied and maybe you are for like a little bit but then like it's really it's weird how, how fleeting it is and how like okay i need to do the next thing yeah 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 it's it is kind of fleeting i like the term you use half-life it's funny it's just like every day you're just like okay that could have been changed and the next day you're like these things could have been changed and it's just a never-ending thing but like you said uh it's always good to get on to the next thing so you guys released stranded on the moon in what 2018 um and you guys went to studios for both these right you didn't do any homework yeah yeah um, well Stranded on the Moon, we did at a studio in Oviedo, uh, Studio Live USA. And um, uh, Not a Punk was at, um, uh, it was the same engineer, his name's Sean Shannon, um, that we worked with for both of them. And Not a Punk was at his house. Um, so technically it was home recording. Yeah, yeah, but he had like, it, it was like, it was, gear. it was his job. Mm -hmm. um, 
and that was pretty cool actually because it, it took like a month um, of me going over. We went over there as a band like one weekend, and then there was like a month of me going over on my own like after work, and I'd be there from like six to midnight, and um, we'd work on like guitar and, and vocals and and um, his mix and stuff, and and a lot of time he would like feed me while I was there. It was, it was pretty cool. Um, yeah, so those sessions lasted for Not A Punk, lasted a little bit longer, right? It was like over the course of what, like two months or something. Um, was there a lot of improvisation or like kind of like writing in the studio or? No, um, maybe like a couple solos or, or like little things, but um, no, everything was pretty much like, I mean. It's actually yeah, funny you should say that. Um, oh, because Glenn, yeah. Uh, so my roommate Glenn, who did the drums for that, uh, he had, as I understand it, he's explained to me, he had ideas, but it was fairly off the cup over a lot of the drums. Uh, he was just mostly feeling them. And I, I think you can't, I don't uh, a learned ear could tell the difference, um, but I think you can tell that there was like energy. And I think, that kind of energy comes from trying things and not knowing exactly where you're going to go. That's true. Like, it's from the guitar and the bass, we pretty much knew what we were doing. Like, um, but we only rehearsed like five times with Glenn before uh, recording. So, oh, that's intense. Just jumping into recording. I was almost going to ask, like, how long were you guys working on this material before you started recording? Because you started sometime May 2015. Your first gig was at. Um, Austin's Coffee, correct? You blew the PA, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, we uh, blew out their PA, so halfway through the set, I had to run in my car and get like my extra speakers. <laughs> to go, so to finish your first set, you had to like use your whole own like gear and everything. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, like how long were you guys like working on that material before, and like how long were you blowing PAs before you <laughs> sat down and like recorded that album? One a day, that was every like, day. <laughs> I think that was the only PA I've ever blown, but I might be wrong. Um, some of the songs predated um, Dancing Bones by a pretty long time. Like uh, Daddy Shot Sparky was like, uh, I wrote that when I was like 20. And so it would have been like uh, 2012 or 2013. Um, and then I, I, so I had like a few of the songs, like Daddy Shots Barky, Viejo Verde, and, and maybe like one or two others um, that I kind of just brought to the band. Um, uh, and yeah, like, like so, I, so I was working on them for a while. Um, uh, Daddy Shots Barky in particular was kind of like a, it evolved a lot over time. That was a bit of an interesting story in that song. Was any of it like based on actual events or? No. <laughs> oh, thank God. That was... They know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, so maybe nothing happened or maybe something happened. We couldn't exactly say, but. Um... <laughs> I was kind of trying to like, um, but like, uh, you got a song like, like Folsom Prison Blues, Johnny Cash. He's like, I, I shot a man in Reno just to watch him die. But like, uh, it's a pretty cool line that I always thought was ballsy for him to write at the time that he did. And I kind of wanted to maybe write something with that attitude, but obviously not that sound. Yeah. Um, 
Johnny Cash has got some pretty in-your-face lyrics. You've got some pretty in-your-face lyrics as well, uh, Daddy Shot Sparky being one of the most standout ones. So uh, when it comes to writing lyrics and stuff, so like, where do you get that? Like, is it like just kind of spur of the moment? Do you, is it something you've been sitting on for a while and then you incorporate it into a, an idea that you're working on and mesh the two? Or how does that work exactly? Normally, I procrastinate until the last minute. <laughs> Um, for me, lyrics have, have generally been um, play more with the sound of the words than like really think too much about what they mean. I mean, like the songs have things that they mean to me, but um, that's always kind of how I approached it. And I would generally try to write the vocal melody before, um, but that's kind of changing now um, where I've been trying to write more lyrics separately from the music and, and figure out how to add them in um, and thinking a little bit more about what they mean. So. Um, so your songwriting process is kind of like evolving like naturally and stuff. Um, are you guys working on anything newer? Are you trying to come out of this like quarantine era of music swinging? Like, do you have anything cooking or what's going on there? Yeah, I would say we've been working even before things got kind of crazy uh we had uh things in the barrel ready to go uh and i would say there's th th that's been more fun than like trying to like get music out it's been just playing music and like oh this is a fun thing now it's a song uh i'd say we've got a few of those that are ready to be more concrete yeah. Yeah, we're working on some recordings. Um, I mean, like we were talking about, I, I set up a little home studio and, and um, uh, we're trying to get, I mean, I don't want to give myself a deadline, but yeah. I, I really want to have like an album of, of new recorded material uh, by like maybe like halfway through next year or something like that. Um, and the biggest thing is like I'm recording drums and it takes me a long time to learn. I'm mostly just learning Leo's old parts. Um, and, and so it, it might take me like a month or two just working on like one song to feel like good about it, where I would record it. Um, but yeah, we've got like five songs, I think. Maybe, yeah, maybe it's a sixth, but um, that we're, we're getting, working on at home. And um, uh, I kind of want to lump in the stuff we didn't have like eight songs for an album or something like that. So are you guys going to be going more um, home recording, DIY kind of style with this next recording? Are you going to give that a shot? Or are you going to try and shop it around and try and get maybe some studio help with it? Or what's the goal with that? I th the goal is definitely to do as much as we can from home. Um, I, might, I, I might send it somewhere to get mastered just because I've read that it, it can be better to have like someone else look at it before the final product gets out. But... I might also try to do it myself and see if I can. Yeah, yeah there's definitely a, a market for homebrew music, and it's never been easier to produce, and it's uh, never been easier to get uh, help on some of the finer details of that process. Um, so, yeah, it, it, why wouldn't you try to do a take a stab at home recording? And even if it turns out not the best, it's a... It's a place to start with, and you can take that to a studio and be like, hey, I was kind of going for something here. Help. Yeah. Yeah. 
one of my favorite albums by like a local artist is um uh rj's album stucco uh, yeah like uh it's it's called like pink glitter hummer limo and um i think that was probably maybe the one that that like made me want to be, do it at home See yeah that's a solid 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 home recording <laughs> yeah Hey, that, they're Stucco, right? Another Orlando-based uh, act, or are they just yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, they're awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're um, they kind of got a thing going on. They got two drummers, right? Like they use two drummers live, or have I heard about that show, but I, I didn't see it. Um, th- that's not a normal thing for them. I don't think I saw. That's probably not a normal thing for them. I know RJ from high school. Uh, very cool dude. Um. I got to see him at a house party where he was playing with another band and they were doing a double drummer thing and it blew me away because they weren't stepping on each other, which I would have considered being a thing. If you play the same thing, it's just louder. But if you play things that sort of complement each other, it kind of sounds like a harmony. So that's what they were doing. And even though they were predominantly a metal act that they're at that point, not stucco, but this house party thing. Uh, it wasn't overwhelming, which is cool. So it's fun to hear that he's doing a thing with double drums. Uh, that dude's awesome. Yeah, I only saw them once at Will's Pub, like right before the shutdown, and it was one of the coolest like local live performances I've seen. Yeah, I caught them. I played a show with them at Grumpy's, like right down the street. It was us dot uh, org and them, and I think we were another band, Scarecrow, maybe. But yeah, no, they uh, they I saw them like packing in like two drum kits, and they were trying to fit on that little stage, like both the drum kits and then everybody else was just kind of like huddled in the crowd space, like setting up amps and whatever. But yeah, no, I saw them bringing that, and I was like, okay, here we go. It's crazy, like you said. So like. You can get harmonies with like obviously melodic instruments, but it's interesting that you point out that you can get almost harmonies with uh, rhythm and percussion. So yeah, taking you to an, like a new place, especially in like the rock, uh, the rock genre here, it's pretty sweet. Yeah, it's kind of interesting to see like some local Florida acts like pulling out crazy like cards like that because um, you see it kind of like. The first one that comes to mind is like King Gizzard, I think, runs two drums and they get some pretty crazy recordings with stuff like that. But yeah, no, they just they get like a wall of sound at you. So, yeah. um, Back to you guys, though. You are working on new material. Uh, Has this evolved like like perspective on the music and the songwriting process and the recording process? Has it changed anything like your sound? Are you guys going to come out with different types of music i guess um yeah Yeah, for sure uh i don't know if it's because of the times i've been thinking about this recently i don't know if i feel weird or if i feel like things are changing because of the times they are weird or if this was always going to happen if if myself and the band and everything else was always going to shift at this point too hard to tell but yeah it's definitely going to change some of the avenues we go down musically uh, I don't want to clue in anything too early, but it, there's definitely things we've never done recorded-wise before, uh, things we've never tried. Yeah, I kind of feel like there, there's so much going on right now that it would be uh, like a, a real shame to not let it influence us and uh, in how we like make our music. Um, like the times, like 
the culture changing, like this whole new aspect of life yeah. that like the isolation almost. Well, well, everything from the pandemic to, to the election to um, like um, the systemic racism that we're all being becoming more aware of. Um, I, I wouldn't want to create an album that is like overtly political because I don't feel like I would do a very good job of it. You know, some bands do a great job of that. And I don't feel like I would be really capable of that, but like, I definitely want to change and allow myself to be open to like influences from outside, not just music, but current events and things. I'm also a little jaded about the whole process. Like, I think when you're not a musician and you listen to music, you can let it like wash over you and just be immersed in the experience of listening. I think the closer you get to producing that same style of music that you were being immersed in, like, the less you can be, which is like great because then you know more, you're more aware of what you're listening to. But also it just takes away a little bit of the magic of it. Like, not to say that writing music isn't magical, but there's sort of a method to some of it sometimes. Uh, and I'd say this whole year has left me a little uh, disenfranchised with the magic of it all. Like, not that it's a bad thing. Like, uh, you, when you stop thinking of, like, working out as, like, this mythical thing and you just start breaking down exactly what you want, how you can do it, it's you get results from it, but it's not... It's not some magical thing. And I think the music feels the same way. Uh, I feel good about playing music, but I'm not like, I'm going to write a song that changes the world. It's more like, I'm going to play music and really enjoy that experience in itself. Yeah. Um, I guess for me, like, I, I really want to be able to like just create sounds that maybe people haven't heard before um, and figure out ways to, like, incorporate that in a song that sounds that feels familiar um so like one thing that i've been doing um i've been playing around with uh, prepared guitar techniques um so like I, I actually brought one uh today that i've been working on uh like wrapping things in the strings getting different sounds it's hard to really say like describe right what now. would that sound like <laughs> what would that sound I, I can't really. With, like, with, with your to... mouth, come on. Are we picking that up? Are the levels coming through? <laughs> yeah, no, prepare guitar is like a definitely weird thing that is like hard to emulate with your mouth. But <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's definitely interesting to hear like it come through an amp or come through your speakers or your headphones late at night when, you know, you're maybe you had a bad day or like you're just like looking for something interesting and like this like whale noise wall of sound because it's it's like you said it's stuff wrapped up in the strings um it's stuff interacting with the like the electromagnetic fields of the pickups and everything the vibrations so it's it's a sonic thing and it's really cool to hear and it's um it's really interesting that you're messing with that um i know it was big like in bands like Sonic Youth and like the post-punk movement of the 80s and whatever. But um, no, yeah, it's, I definitely see it happening a lot. It's fun. You get wacky sounds and you got quite a rig that definitely helps with that and boost those sounds. Yeah. And also like in the past, we've, we've kind of tried to like disguise overdubbed guitar 
um, to make it easier to play live with just one guitar. Um, but since there's no shows going on really right now and, and we're not looking to get out and play shows anytime soon, I kind of haven't really been concerned about that. So we've got some, we're working on some stuff with like a lot of distinct guitar parts. We, we haven't figured out how we're going to play them live yet once we do. But we will, I guess. Yeah. Again, it comes back to like, <laughs> Number one thing is having fun playing the music. Yeah. And then, you know, we'll figure out how to do that live or recorded later. Yeah, I feel like I've been having, I've been having fun throughout this whole, like, shutdown as best I can. And, uh, I, I mean, I think they Yeah, can. I absolutely. Uh, there's things to do, even if I don't always feel like doing them in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you guys have been doing all sorts of things we were talking right before we started recording like with this time off so i've noticed you've been reading books you were talking about doing video editing like what else have you guys been doing like what do you guys do in your spare time when you're not working on dancing bones material uh i like to watch and analyze movies and tv shows uh currently for my own pleasures uh uh, there's like a phase I go through of trying to take bad movies and just change little aspects of them to make them more palatable and better uh, and play music. Can you give us an example? Um, probably I would have enjoyed Joker more if uh it wasn't so overt about the messages they were trying to send. If there was like a solid, like B story at all, like it, like there's just like a lot of people really love Joker, and uh, I saw it had like a lot of potential, but it just didn't quite hit the mark for me. And so I've been thinking about, like there's a lot of different things that would have been like less allusions to current movies. Like it didn't need to, it didn't need all of that, but that's, I worry about saying all those kinds of things in public currently because yeah. people love that. Certainly. <laughs> well, it's definitely a polarizing movie, but it, there's <laughs> like of all the things we've talked about today, the pandemic music in general, that is the most polarizing <laughs> aspect. Yeah. It's, I won't be afraid to give my opinion. I think it was a little bit clunky. I watched it at a drive-in over the, the the pandemic because theaters were shut down and yeah it was super cool but like on a second watch it just yeah. kind of doesn't hold up it you feel more like it's a taxi driver wannabe uh the dialogue's off it's hard to follow the story and there's not a b plot to follow it, it, it's equally as engaging so yeah it's kind of beating you over the head with this message and it's not even very clear with it um yeah. i love joker <laughs> No, 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 he's not. He's not, he's not yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't have brought that up if it would have split up the band. Yeah, the dancing bones breaks up live. Joker's done it again. I, I think you guys both put it pretty well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that's been fun. Just like enjoying all kinds of art and uh, listening to uh, uh, different kinds of music, not just rock. Uh, I've, I've got a real craving for modern funk music right now. And and it just so happens that Orlando is a good scene for funk bands as well. That's uh, enjoyable. I actually listen to more like R&B than I do rock and roll now. Yeah, like 
they've got me into um, Thundercat. Thundercat. You might you might call him Funk. I would, I would call maybe sure. You know, somewhere in between. He's but. a bassist, so he's funky. But yeah, yeah, he he plays rhythm and blues and all that kinds of yeah. Um, I think of the, in the last decade, I I think Childish Gambino's third album is maybe the best that has come out in the last ten years. Like the more I look at him, the, even his previous stuff is really yeah. it's intricate. And good. Yeah, it's because really the internet good. is awesome. Because the internet is amazing. <laughs> because the internet honestly is my favorite. It came out right in that sweet spot of like the nostalgia part of my brain, where it was like high school winter break. It was all I listened to for like a couple weeks, and I just fell in love with it. I read the script. Yeah. Um, because I copped it on vinyl, and uh, yeah, it, just, it was dope. I loved it. Um. I like the new one a lot. Uh, it, it definitely different. I like the jazziness, the the R and B aspect to it. Um, he's definitely grown as an artist. Like coming from like camp and like all of his mixtapes. I love Gambino. I think he gets a bad rap sometimes. Yeah, I've seen some negative reviews of like Camp got like a one point two on Pitchfork, but who gives a fuck about Pitch? Yeah. <laughs> who cares about Pitchfork? But um, it's it has its moments and honestly if you pay attention to him everything that he's done writing for 30 rock um community everything he's a busy guy and to get albums like because of the internet and um what was the newest one then awaken my love um to get albums like that out while you're so busy doing other things i think is a feat in itself Definitely like a high functioning individual that i admire yeah, Atlanta is incredible as well. <laughs> um, watch Atlanta. <laughs> Atlanta's dope. Uh, the second season blew me away. Oh, it was so cool. And like the uh, robbing season, it's just they do this crazy thing, like subtle, subtle things in Atlanta where like everyone is sweating. Like it's not made up. It's so gritty and like, like without meaning to be, I think. I don't know if they mean to do it like that, but like I'll probably rewatch that again just because. Like, like as the cinematography aspect of it, uh, some of those episodes are just so pretty to look at. Um, and uh, I I get inspired by, like, an artist like that who I have no idea. I don't know what he's like. I don't see him in interviews at all. I, I imagine he's just a normal, very normal dude who just sees things and wants to, like, translate that so people can see him, too. And I dig that very much. Um. And you were asking about like stuff besides music. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've been like, um, I went on a rock climbing trip a couple uh, months ago and got to climb outside for the first time, uh, stuff like that. Trying to spend a lot of time outside. Um, I was rock climbing at an indoor gym before the pandemic started. And I hadn't been for like six months, so I was pretty out of shape, but I'd, I'd never been to like an actual crag gone outside i got to go with a friend of mine up in tennessee it was a lot of fun um, it's also a black belt like, <laughs> oh yeah yeah, yeah. Um, i i i so i practice style called kunu um i've been doing that since college um i haven't really been training a lot since or, or at all since shut down but yeah you can't really like can't fight people man fight people <laughs> That some, some like they're having classes and stuff. A, a lot of groups are having classes over Zoom. It's not really my thing. I, I've always kind of, I, I've tried to use the time to do things I wouldn't otherwise get to do, and instead of like 
halfway doing things I want to do or used to do. I'm a white belt. <laughs> You're just beginning your journey. <laughs> yeah, when I was 10, I still got it. Yeah, I did. I did some form of karate when I was like six years old and I told my parents, yeah, I don't want to do that anymore. I get too sweaty. Like, I'm gross. Yeah, I had the same experience. Where I was in preschool and they put me <laughs> in a Taekwondo class and I uh, I couldn't tie my shoes yet. So it was embarrassing having people help me take them off and put them back on at the beginning and the end. So I could have been Taekwondo master at this point. You could have literally been on like Bruce Lee status, like just one v one dudes. <laughs> <laughs> that too yeah i guess <laughs> no comment <laughs> no comment um but yeah you've been traveling right you've been kind of like all over the world you've been to thailand you stayed in like a hostel right um you've been to japan the atomic uh dome the atomic bomb dome in hiroshima correct yeah i went to japan for a couple of weeks last year with my girlfriend um hiroshima was one of the places we visited um i went to thailand for a month after college which was a really interesting experience. Uh, I went by myself. And if I could do it again, I, I picked Thailand because like the cost of living there is very, very affordable. Um, if I could do it again, I probably would have gone to like Vietnam or Cambodia. I, I feel like um, not that Thailand isn't great, but there's like a, very, like a seediness to it. And uh, everyone being like a, a, a young white or like tourist, Everyone kind of assumes you're there for the wrong reasons. Um, I didn't really like that. Um, it's it's kind of like Vegas on steroids. At least Bangkok is. What happens in Vegas on steroids? Stays in Vegas? Well, it happens in Taiwan. I mean, I, <laughs> yeah. I really enjoyed like uh, uh, the islands there. Um, I, got, I went like free diving at one point. Um, I stayed on on a kung fu retreat for like a week. That was cool. Um, but yeah, there there was definitely like um, you get in a taxi and they're trying to like take you to the nastier bars that you don't really want to go to or that I didn't really want to go to. Um, so it was an interesting experience uh, for someone like me. <laughs> yeah. I'm more introverted. Than, you know, Backpacking alone kind of forces you to like uh, be more extroverted, and so it was it was a good experience. I, le- I learned a lot, um, and, and it whet my appetite for traveling. Um, so I, I've I've been lucky. I've gotten to like go to a lot of places. Um, You've also been to like New Orleans, correct? And you just witnessed like a. Was it like a parade or something? What was? Yeah, yeah. Uh, me and my girlfriend went to New Orleans for New Year's, not this past New Year's, but the New Year's before that, and and it, it was fun. Like, I mean, New Orleans is one of my favorite American cities just because, like, the music is so like it's just part of the street, and it's a little different than somewhere like Austin, which is is a younger place, and, and um, like we uh, and also the food is just so so good so um new orleans is probably my favorite american city Um, new orleans is pretty cool i was gonna ask like if you caught any like local acts or if you got a peek into like the scene at all or if it was mostly like just like live street jazz or stuff like yeah we didn't we didn't really see any like indie bands um it was just a lot of like jazz on the street 
um, we we went to a show at um, what's the place? Um, the Foo Fighters did like a documentary. And they, um, oh, it's like right on the tip of my tongue. I know what you're talking. I can't remember what yeah. it's called. It, it was it was a really cool place. I wish I could remember. If I knew we were going to be talking about it, I would have looked it up. <laughs> yeah, you would have. <laughs> you would have brought. Hello. <laughs> Yeah, um, you've done your homework and like brought stuff as well. So that's a um, question about your life. It's like, so when you were 19. <laughs> no, I asked the questions here. <laughs> uh, have you guys thought about doing like tour at all? Like speaking of traveling, like have you, I noticed you guys haven't really played out of the state at all. You've been all over Florida, but you haven't, uh, you haven't crossed that threshold. So is there a reason for that or is it on the radar Maybe soon, like in the future. We're not allowed in Georgia. No. no I'm <laughs> okay. How do we leave Florida? We can't go through Georgia. No. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's something that I've always, always wanted to do. Um, and it, it was just it's a little difficult um, with the dynamic, like, of the three of us when Leo was in the band. Um, you know, like, uh, working full time. Um, and I can't speak for Dave, or I don't want to speak for Dave, but I know, I know that going to. Leo was not interested in taking a lot of time off yeah. to like, tour with us. And um, that's completely respectable. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's not something that we could really like, hold against him. But I definitely want to tour. Um, it was something that was like growing on our radar. Um, and then, like, the shutdown happened. Um, so it's probably not going to happen anytime soon, but I'm sure it will happen. Local act decides to tour the country is probably one of the last ways to like see the country and feel like you're getting like the full experience that other generations had. Because you're usually doing it in a vehicle. Chances are you're going to sleep in the vehicle at least once or twice. Uh, and you're usually paying playing to drive your way through the country if you're lucky enough or talented enough or uh, have a wide enough audience that you're making money off of your tour very cool but like as the bands i've talked to they usually say they're doing it for the experience and to hopefully pay for the trip itself and like that's just that's so um that sounds so nice yeah just to experience that i I feel like the main measure of (laughs) of success like if you're gonna be in an indie band uh, if money is your measure of success then don't play the kind of music that like we do yeah um but like for me we'll play pop country (laughs) like being successful is just a measure of how much satisfaction you get at any like show or, or gig or rehearsal yeah um um and so like touring would be trying to maximize my satisfaction and hopefully it would pay for itself. But we, we've like had some really awesome experiences driving up to like Tallahassee mm-hmm. or, or Miami and St. Augustine and places like that. There are super awesome people everywhere and especially who want to listen to live music. Yeah. Like Miami in particular really kind of got us thinking that, you know, like Orlando is great, but, but it might just be that there's a scene that's a little more receptive and it might not be right here. And because of like, like we can leverage the internet, um, 
we don't have to necessarily rely on Orlando. Um, we could drive down to Miami oh, yeah. a few times every few months or, or something like that if we really wanted to. Um, so, yeah, not right now. But Soon. I, you can, I, I think it's an inevitability that we're going to get in a car and go out of state and, and not come back for a while. Um, I can't wait. And we're back. I hope you enjoyed the show. I hope you enjoyed the Dancing Bones. I sure did. They were a lot of fun. I stayed after. We like jammed for a little bit. Took a shot at drums. I played drums a little bit. Not professionally, but you know. I can hold down a beat for on the floor. Whatever else you call other beats. Anyway, check them out. They're really, they're really fun. And their music's just as fun, honestly. They channel that whole dynamic into their music. They, they're they able to like really capture the um, their relationship and, you know, their... Um, understanding of music and what they want to do and it's it's really cool to hear bands pull stuff off like that and you know it helps that i'm into that sound but i i think they're they're a very solid band and like i said i'm I'm, should be coming up soon i think they've been working this whole time i interviewed them a few months ago a couple months ago so you know like he said he didn't want to put a uh he didn't want to put a time limit on himself or the band to get something out and you can't rush perfection it's not going to be perfect but you can't rush the attempt at perfection because it'll always be an attempt it's never perfect you're always in post and you're like I could have done that a little better. I could have I, I could have done that a little better. And sometimes you go back and you do a little better, but it's still not going to be perfect. I was thinking about this the other like when you when you write stuff, like when you're when you're thinking about music, when you're trying to play something that's in your head, you hear it like a different way. Like you'll always hear it a different way. That's why the if you're a musician, you know. You know. Like when you listen to the track, it's never it's never exactly what you want. Even if you control every single aspect, there's just like your imagination has no limits. There's like no bit depth or sample rate or tape space or whatever you want to call it in your imagination there's just there's no limitations to that and you listen to it in this ultra high fidelity in your head that only you can listen to and you know like when something's off in the in the track like even if even if you're a bit slow like on a couple beats and no one notices it you'll always notice it there's just like a different you know, like you just, you know, as a musician, like what it's supposed to sound like, what you want. And as soon as you try and bring that 
into the real world. It's just, uh, it's not going to be that. <laughs> it's like going from... It's like going from Henry Rollins's, you know, listening setup to your shitty little MP3 download phone speaker nonsense, you know? When you try and record music, you're just gonna have to accept that there's, uh... There's no bandwidth limitations to your imagination. <laughs> there's no quality limitation. You just hear things exactly as you hear them. Imagine them. Anyway. That was the episode. Second episode. Can you call it queen? Next week is the amphetamines. They were fun. I sat in on a recording session with them. We hung out. Down a couple brewskis. And that's what we did. Just kind of uh, kicked back. And... Uh, busted this shit out and I listened to them bust their shit out and it was cool so that's next week uh be sure to check out the dancing bones stay posted on uh, for the episode next week it's gonna be a cool one it's gonna be a fun one um the video is funny on the next one cause we shot it outside so I'll get into that next week but Check out the Dancing Bones on Instagram, Facebook. They got a website. Looks pretty dope. Um, all that jazz. Check them out. Apple Music, Spotify, Bandcamp, whatever. Shoot them a couple bucks. Just shoot them a couple bucks. And let them know that you appreciate what they're doing. Because I do. I got their album. Played a show with them. Copped a CD. Love CDs, hate CDs, but love CDs. Recent watching of the the Gilmore Girls has made me appreciate CDs. It was it was the new thing, and for kids that you know that just had like boomboxes in their room, like I did, CDs were cool. Now CDs kind of suck, but back when that was all you had, it was cool. CDs, man, the little gatefold. You know, they always come with a little booklet inside of it. Do you remember your first CD? I remember the. I remember one of my first CDs, the Untitled Beatles record, The Beatles. And I listened to that CD on repeat for like a year. It was that and the Flight of the Concords. And Paramore's Riot. Paramore's Riot. It's not it's not great, but it, you know, I love it. It's got a nostalgia uh element to it. I still love it. I still blast the shit out of that rab- uh, album. Record? Album? Record? CD. Can you call a quee? This is Andrew Kohinka. Thanks for putting up with my nonsense. I hope you enjoyed the show. Stay tuned. Got another one coming for you next week. See ya.